we're standing like for awards and like I'm just like goofing off in the back like I still have like no idea like what is going on I'm the last one like we had tarpies like the tarpies were right behind me like me and these other freshman girls in front of me like we are goofing off we have no idea what's going on and then there were between second and first place and then I'm still not paying attention and then they announced second and like then all of a sudden like one of the tarpies were like, oh my God, oh my God. And I'm like, what, like, what, what's going on? And like, everyone gets out their phones and I'm like, what, what's happening? <laughs> like, I still have no idea, like what's going on? And then all of a sudden they announced that like we won first place. And then I was like, oh, <laughs> oh like this is like a thing. Like we actually like, we, we did a thing. Like we did, did a thing. Like that's pretty, that's pretty crazy. Like we just did a thing. Welcome back to So You Think You're Box 5, where we talk about all things marching arts, from the bad bad to the good good. From the struggle bus to the perfect 20. From the thigh chafe to the tour body. From the brown Mississippi water to the bottle Gatorade. Everybody loves oh, Gatorade on a Mississippi yes. day. <laughs> I just think about when we were in Mississippi in 2013 and that water was, I've never seen water so brown that we were expected to drink. <laughs> yeah, I would just start with like the um, the squeeze, you know, the um, I'm forgetting the brand name, but like there's so many different one of them, the little concentrate Mio? juice, squeeze. yeah, like the Mio stuff. And I would like squeeze it in the bottom and then just not look as the water oh. went in. But yeah, the brown water was never... Never fun, especially when it smelled. Oh my god, sometimes it smelled like fish. It smelled like um, what was it? Um, sulfur, sulfur. I was like, what is that? That's what it smells like. It smells like eggs. I don't even know how to spell sulfur, but I agree. <laughs> this one was so much oh, fun, man. Like, this was the first one where I think both me and Pedro were like super close to the person. This is our peer. You know, we marched with her and. Like, she's one of my best friends. And so being able to just chat with her in a more, I guess, formal kind of setting, even though it really wasn't formal, it was it was nice to just, just talk all things Color Guard and just have her really be able to reminisce and just bring back really, really cool memories that a really cool part of Color Guard history that she was a part of that the generation now will never know if people like that didn't get to tell their story. Yeah, and it was just, like, good to be, like, reminded of her story. Because, like, you know, marrying Catholic diva, we already know. But, like, all the intricacies that um, she was able to dive into and her relationships with people who taught elsewhere. Yeah, that was, like, I didn't really know that before. I just knew, like, Krista's amazing. Krista's always a good time. And Krista, like, works really hard. So that was, yeah, that was awesome. I hate to say it, I didn't really realize that Marion Catholic kind of just fell off or that they just came for that short little period of time and that was their their 15 minutes of fame. That's literally, those those couple of years was it. And it, it happened like this and if you weren't there for it, people today would never know about it. I also learned a lot about what Krista does because yes. like, I don't know, like, when you hang out with your friends, you don't ask them about their job. You know, <laughs> you're not, you're not like, so what do you do on a day-to-day -day basis? You know, like what, what is your nine to five look like? Yeah. I'm really excited for you guys to hear this conversation. It was, it was so much fun. 
All right, let's dive in, uh, Krista Perez. Hey. Hello. Oh my God, how's it going? It's going great. Oh, I'm so happy to see you. So happy to see you. Totally. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you, boo-boo? I'm good. I'm here in Florida. You're in Florida? Mm-hmm. Still? I've been, yeah, since <laughs> May. Krista's <laughs> <the> sister. <laughs> What's up? Hey, hey, hey. Hey, hey, hey. So I can't okay. believe you're just like out there, Montana. Like, that's crazy. Yeah, like, I'm pretty much hopped on plane in May. One-way ticket. Had no, like, return date. I'm actually going back to New York at the end of this month. Because I don't have my car down here. But yeah, it's been good. Like, just... I'm like, my family's healthy, I'm healthy, everyone's safe, I'm like, whatever, we're good. We're also not in, like, the crazy part of Florida. There's a lot of flat land, you know, you could find some quiet spot in Florida if you really needed to. At least you're, you're finding that spot in Florida for yourself. So, Krista, we really just made this podcast as a Trojan horse to hang out with our friends, so, like, how you been? <laughs> I love that, I love that you did that. Chicago's been crazy over here. I'm still working from home, which is nice, but I just got word back that I might be having to go back to the hospital pretty soon, which is a little bit anxiety-driven, just a little bit, but at the same time, like, I'm kind of, like, happy to go back because I do miss seeing, like, patients on, like, face-to-face care, but also at the same time, I'm a little bit worrisome just because... I feel like everyone is just kind of on this base of whether or not to wear a mask. And it is so like concerning because we are going back into the state of whether or not like the kids might not be abiding by a six foot distance, but like at least the adults are and at least adults are wearing their mask correctly. But still like you're seeing things like on social media, like schools retrying to open back up and like, teachers are going back into like trying to meet and set up a plan but as like 40 people are meeting up in groups they are getting tested and like also finding out that they are testing positive for COVID literally two or three days after they had just met and like then I'm supposed to go back into a hospital setting which is a higher risk of COVID and I'm supposed to be teaching from a Monday through Thursday setting, staying six feet apart from my patients, and then trying not to get tested positive for COVID. Like that's such a scary thing to think about with our volumes being so high when we are at a virtual level, and then our volumes are going to dip when we are at a person-to-person level because we have to stay contained and like stay. And when you say volumes, what are you measuring? Like um, the amount of people that we can intake coming in to, okay. into our yeah. program. Yeah. So like right now, like virtual setting, we can have at least 12 kids like come into our program. But maybe when we are person to person, it it's going to be a lower amount because at least right now we can take kids from all over the Chicagoland area. And to come from maybe a place that's like 40 minutes away from Chicago is not you know, idealistic with traffic, with people maybe having other things okay. in the summertime. It's just not idealistic for families to just like, oh, okay, like, yes, your treatment of care is great, 
but I have to be at another place, like literally right after your program. So compared to like us having a 12K program right now is great, but we actually might drop down in numbers to see maybe what, like three to four kids. Yeah, it's, it's crazy that, I don't know, if everything can be done virtually, it's like, why are we gonna push this in-person thing while there's still so much uncertainty? And like, I'd be going to work in a hazmat suit. I was like, I don't care. I, like, I don't care if people think I look crazy, but you're going to see me in a big old yellow suit looking like Big Bird walking through for work. I was like, I don't care. It, it almost like you you go back to like your higher ups. Like, do you even care about us? You know, do you even care? Like, are yeah. we just a number here? I'll yeah. make sure my hazmat suit has like a gold trim and like some, some fringe on the side. I'm going to get matching nails and masks. Like, it's, it's going to be cute. We're going to have a good time with it because, you know, we got to laugh throughout these end days. Yeah, like I want to be looking cute. Like, like I mean, like, Not like I, a sanitation employee. Yes, like I love this whole like at home thing. Like from the bottom down, like, like I'm in sweats. Like of course, yes. Like we all know it. Like everyone's doing it. But like if I'm gonna have to be back in person, like that includes that I'm gonna have to be showering. Like I'm gonna have to be doing my makeup. Like I'm gonna have to do my hair quite often again. So like if I'm gonna have to present myself in front of people again, like. Make this it cute and make it safe. Exactly. Make it cute. Make it safe. Let's let's dazzle it up a little bit. Like everyone can have a little fun with it. Like Hello. but the thing that like bothers me is like people aren't even equipped with like the right equipment to go back to work. And it's just so mind boggling. And it's like ah! Yeah. It's freaking crazy. It is um. crazy. And it's like Yes, I don't work on a COVID unit, but it's just the fact that like we as the U.S. are still so high in rates, even though we care about our economic state right now, which that shouldn't matter. The joke compared to people's lives, we should at least get proper PPE equipment to work, not just a mask that is just used for our faces like can we get the shields that go across yeah. you like i mean other countries have been able to send their kids back to school but like step one is like lowering the the rate of transmission and we're trying to like reopen everything get the, get the economy moving um without dropping our rate of transmission first and a vaccine isn't going to save everything you know because there's that's yeah, relying on a vaccine is so abstract and so far away um, that, like, there's very simple things we can do right now. But, like, that's always been the case. After a school shooting, there's very simple things we can do right now. After, like, literally any social ill, just always have doubled down in our, the way that we know best, which is America first. And, uh, yeah, like, it's, it's so consistent. It's so consistently terrible and doesn't care about anybody. And, this weird thing that we call the economy that we can totally influence, you know, we just kind of let it run its course or give it priority over literally every other thing you could measure. Exactly. It's just so mind boggling that like, that is the first thing that we put on like a pedestal. Like that has to be the first and number one thing that goes back into order before even human lives go back into order. And that yeah. is like, are you serious? 
I understand that there are local owned businesses that do need to thrive off of people like actually coming into their stores and like actually needing to purchase their, their goods and their services. But I don't, the thing that I don't understand is why mass big corporations that have been able to switch over into running like through curbside pickup or through some sort of revenue and have succeeded in that new way i don't understand why all of a sudden you're flipping back and all of a sudden now you have to come inside you have to sit down inside to do this now why (laughs) why do i all of a sudden have to do this to risk my life to, to make your business successful when you were doing just fine when we were all on lockdown yeah, and like we've always we've subsidized some of these op- like massive corporations. Are we giving them uh, subsidies, which is literally money to run their business? Um, and um, whether or not it benefits like the government as a whole, not only do we give them free money, we also give them tax breaks all the time. So if we care about small businesses, let's give the small businesses money or like resources, like how we do for like McDonald's and Amazon and Walmart. Funny, you know, this all this like small loan small business loans um, from the government. Like we see reports now that they've, Jared Kushner has benefited from it. Kanye West has benefited from it. The exemption was like companies with no more than 500 employees. Like that's 500, 499 employees is not a small oh, business. Yeah, like, you know, that's, that's, that's every single Walmart, like retail chain, you know, um, or a franchise. Um, I want to hear more about like the work that you do, like when we're not like in the end times. Um, But I think if you want to wrap that up into like also giving people just like a general overview of like marching career, where you've been and what you do. So um, what I do now is that I am a recreational therapist at Lurie Children's Hospital. Um, So what that is, is that if you think about anything that you like to do in your spare time, so like Montana, you have your graphic design, you have your resin art, you have all of that good stuff. And like, especially like Color Guard in general was definitely like my escape. Um, Anything that you can think of that literally helps you cope with any depression, anxiety, any hard feelings that you are feeling, that is what I am like here for to help you cope with those feelings. I basically am just here to assess what kind of activities that you are motivated to do or were motivated to do in the past that you kind of lost interest in doing since you have been depressed, you have been suicidal, you have been feeling down on yourself. And I am able to reincorporate that back into your life, into like your daily activities into your life and help that make that a consistent change for you to help you get better as you are going through treatment. So in this level of care that I am at, I am doing like an an outpatient um, service right now for the program that I'm serving. And it's a little bit different because it's kind of exposure based, which is kind of cool. So I've never really done like an exposure and like recreational based before. So this has been kind of like a new thing for me. So I've been able to kind of expose kids to recreation at the same time. And that might at first cause them to have anxiety. So like a lot of kids that might come to me, for example, will have social anxiety, which is totally normal. Like a bunch of kids when they first start school, 
have social anxiety making new friends. I know I was, for a fact, one of those people that definitely had social anxiety. And a lot of the times I will start off my groups with playing games. And they might be fast-paced games where you have to talk to one another, you have a timer that's on you, and you have to think really fast and quick. So they're going to induce a lot of stress and anxiety when you're in sessions with me. And that's the whole point is to induce those kinds of feelings in them so I can see how they are reacting to those types of situations. So I'm observing their behaviors and their kind of situations that they're in so I can see exactly how to assess them and how to process them while they're in their treatment so I can equip them with the right tools for them to be able to cope with those anxieties in those types of situations and stressors. So as we go through on treatment, they're still going to be in groups with people and we're just going to keep on exposing them to like social interactions with peers or we're going to keep on doing some more um, like sensory exposures like if this is the first item that you've ever like seen before, maybe another peer has never also has never seen this item before. Explain that to them for the first time. So it's like building conversation with one another, social peer interaction that people might, might not be able to pick up on. Um, it's a lot of those building um, necessary skills that a lot of kids might necessarily be able to see um, when they're at school and that teachers might pick up on and we're able to provide them with those skills. So that's what I do in like during the daytime. And then during the nighttime, I still do my color guard thing. So color guard started back way back when in 2008. So I started spinning um, as a wee little lad freshman year at Marian Catholic High School. The beautiful um, Marian Catholic. Beautiful Marian Catholic. So I started off in 2008. I marched all the way until I was in 2012. So some of the shows, uh, I'll mostly name them Winter Guard shows because I think people know the Winter Guard shows that I marched in more than the marching band. So that include my freshman year was Fallen. Um, then I went on Fallen. We had one in open class, which was really crazy because I was a freshman and I had no idea what like color guard was like this was like my first year like going at it going really that was the show with the big gates right and they opened yes. up and the floors the floor changed like yes yes huge <laughs> gates that like these big old props and like we would push them forward like as soon as hallelujah came on yes, and like, it was so good. the crowd went wild because there were all these other angels behind the gate Marlene. and came out with these like big flags that were wings and then we would push this other tarp floor forward and it had so the first floor was like reddish orange and it was like it was like a sun it was a sunset tarp <laughs> and it was like the bad tarp I don't want to say the bad tarp but it was like the tarp that was like shunning us from like being like bad angels at first when we like first were getting kicked out of heaven and then when we were pushing this final tarp it was like the gates of heaven were like finally letting us through and so it was like this beautiful open sky tarp and it was like so bright and it like illuminated 
the WGI like floor and like the crowd was just going wild and like I was just like pushing the gate forward and I was like what is going on like I had like no idea like I was just like I'm just gonna push this forward like I am just like this little freshman just like I have no idea that this is like WGI like I'm just like smiling, <laughs> like, like here I go, like just like pushing it forward and then I'm sliding it over, like box five, honey. Yeah, like I'm just like doing the thing while like everyone behind me is doing the flag feature and I was just like, I have this thing, like yes, like, here I go. <laughs> and I'm just like with the with the with the gate, just like, yeah, like I'm living my best life and then they just like finished the flag feature and like everyone's crying and like I just think that I'm just like so in shock that I'm just like this girl <laughs> like I'm living like my best life and then we were standing like for awards and like I'm just like goofing off in the back like I still have like no idea like what is going on I'm the last one like we had tarpies like the tarpies were right behind me like me and these other freshman girls in front of me like we are goofing off we have no idea what's going on and then they were between second and first place and then I'm still not paying attention and then they announced second and like then all of a sudden like one of the tarpies were like oh my god oh my god and I'm like what like what what's going on and like everyone gets out their phones and I'm like what what's happening <laughs> like I still have no idea like what's going on and then all of a sudden they announced that like we won first place and then I was like Oh, <laughs> oh like this is like a thing like we actually like we we did a thing like we did, did a thing like that's pretty it's pretty crazy like we just did a thing like that's amazing we did a thing I was a freshman and I did a thing that's <laughs> cool that's really cool like I had no idea that it was like this big thing and like my brother was in the marching band way before me and seeing him do marching band made me want to be in the color guard um, but I just had no idea that color guard was in its own beast of its own. Like, especially when it came to indoor season, like I had no idea that it was this cool thing. So I had no idea. So definitely coming around my second year, it was, it was a whole nother beast in its own because we became world-class guard. So we were, we're fighting in a new category and not only were we in a new category, but like I knew what WGI was then there and then we were in world class and like, so now I finally got my foot stepped into WGI, but now we had to get our foot into world class and then I was just like, okay, here we go. So my sophomore year was ashes to ashes. That's so that, so that was the graveyard oh. show that we had done. And that was hands down probably my favorite favorite show that I have ever ever been a cast member of. The emotion, the chills, like that show was everything, everything to me. But the hardest show that I have ever put onto a, a tarp, put ever like onto a floor, hands down. It was it was so hard. The amount of work that each girl put down. It it was crazy. We we literally would leave Marion because we did not have ceilings high enough to toss higher than a six. We would have to leave Marion to practice at a different school and we would practice at this school that had no windows. 
in the in the gym. So our Saturday rehearsals were from like nine to nine. They were like 12 hour rehearsal days. They were very long. So we would go in the mornings. We would like have no perception of time, like whatsoever. And like, it felt like the longest season of our life. We didn't know if we were ever gonna even make finals. We jumped from like 25th to like 15th to all of a sudden eighth place. And then all of a sudden the fifth, like it was, it was the craziest thing that we had ever, had ever have done. I think that was around the same year that I had became friends with Sarah Stinchcomb and Alison. Me Zuda. too. Me, that was um, the same year I became friends with them too. I think it was, we were standing next to them in retreat block. I want to say it was like in one of the indie regionals and we tried to say hi to them and they gave us the cold shoulder. I just wanted to be friends with someone from a world guard. I was just, and then I just remember like, it was just great. It was, it was great. It was fun in a way. I just, the practices were hard and long, but I just remember that there was a point where there came a time during my practices where my practices no longer became different from my performances. And I just like gave the same amount of energy as my performances to my practices. Like I would give the same amount of faces, the same amount of performance, the same amount of energy. Like I never wanted to mess up in a show, but I became that driven to where I wanted to make sure that every time that I would give this amount of emotion or this amount of energy, that if I do that in front of a group of people, that it wouldn't throw me off or it wouldn't make me feel like it was too much to where I would freak out during a show and drop something. I remember there was this one time that the show, it was a local show. It was like our, it was our circuit show, our circuit championship show right before it was WGI. And the whole team like had a really bad show. And the flag captain on my team, I remember we were all coming out from the back sideline and we had this 45 toss in the back and she was the first one to come out and I was the third one and we all were doing it all together. And there it goes, all three of us release and like we catch and every time we caught, I would look at her just to make sure that the next part of the timing was all together. And we, I caught it and then I look and hers is on the ground. And I'm just like, oh no. And so we come around and we just like get all in. And like, I just remember like her just like turning around to me after like we got yelled at and she's just like, how could I have dropped that toss? I never dropped that toss. And I'm just like, no, I feel you. It's always the toss that you always get. Like you always drop that one. That was and me in 2014 never during finals. <laughs> like the toss that you always get the most. And then all of a sudden, there it goes. Literally. Because you think you got it because you've always gotten it. People always add more at the end. They're always going to be like, oh, let me, let me bump it up even a, l- a little bit more. And I learned throughout the years, it's like, no, 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 no. You can't do that. No, no, you cannot do that. That okay. was like, and in 2014, I dropped a pop toss. A pop toss. <laughs> Oh, I, I did do one worse. In 2013, we had a bottom cone into like this poke and my bottom cone like dug into the ground and I was at the very front of like everything for this feature. And I, yeah, I dug into the ground and I didn't make it into the poke and I was like, oh, well, we're turning around now. 
2013 finals, yeah. I don't, I don't know. You recovered so well, and like I was just so exposed. And right, I gotta, I gotta find it. I'm like, so yeah, yeah. Oh my god. So that's still like marrying Catholic. Yes. <laughs> yeah. After that year, yes, we placed fifth, which was like re- also really unheard of too. To like win open class and then place in the top five for world class after that mm-hmm. so like that was like pretty crazy um and also to be a part of like that was like whoa um so that was a really cool experience to like also be a part of in the making so my junior year we did sirens this is also like one that like we incorporated like a male role into it and he was shirtless So, like, looking back at it now, I really wonder how, like, Sister Mary Jo was feeling about that. Ooh. You know, like, that's, like, the premise of it. Like, we were supposed to be very, like, luring, like, seductive, powerful women. There was boards all over the WGI floor. Like, if you dropped your weapon, like, on the wood, like, oh, everyone can hear it. Like, Uh. Everyone can hear it. And it's not like, you know, it's not like the show was designed so that, you know, like the dancers are over there, you know, by by the pieces of wood, you know, no, the weapons, you know, you know, so it's like, why, why do you do that, you know, and of course, my junior year for indoor was like the year that I was made a main weapon. World class weapon, I see you. But you guys know that your girl at heart was born as a flag Gina. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, this whole arc of like clueless and pushing a prop to world class and clueless to clueless on Sabre, but making it happen. Like my senior year, this was a little, little bit of a sad dip. Oh, yeah. So my color guard director at the time um, decided to leave Marian Catholic and that took a big big toll on us as performers in the color guard because we were really attached to our director our creative director at that time. Us transferring I guess from an open to a world guard stance you know the work etiquette kind of changes. You get your people that you want, that want to work, and then you get the people that, like... Yeah, you weed out people. Yes, yeah, you weed out, you start to weed out people, and that's fine, and that's going to happen, and, um, you know, and I think that when you go off and, like, you march drum corps, too, like, that's also what you see, like, from high school, like, you have your high school friends that you march with, and, like, yeah, like, some of them will end up doing drum corps, but some of them won't because that's just, like, not their choice. That's not what they want to do. That's also, like, how I thought, like, kind of the mentality of us going from open class guard going to a world class guard. Like, there were some of us that were really determined on wanting to work and wanting to build up to that and wanting to be great. And then there were some that were just kind of at their threshold um, and didn't want to do it anymore. And especially when we were doing the siren year, that was a very hard year for us to kind of keep pushing and keep going. And um, it was after that year, it was just kind of like we felt a little bit lost after that year. And a lot of girls felt like, well, should we still keep pushing? Should we still keep going? Like our director has left, what are we gonna do? 
So, you know, we were divided. There was girls that wanted to keep going, wanted to keep pushing, wanted to still keep giving their all, wanted to still keep performing at an open class, or I mean, at a world-class level. And then there were these people that didn't want to do anything and kind of wanted to leave Color Guard, just wanted to go off and do whatever they wanted. This was also kind of a, a turning point where like cheerleading became like a really big thing at Marion. And like a lot of the girls wanted to give cheerleading a try. Why do that now? Like we were all turning seniors at that point. So it was just like, we have one more year. Like, what are you guys doing? So we used to see numbers of our color guard going from like 30, 35, 40 girls. All of a sudden we had dropped down and diminished to like 18, 15 small numbers of girls wanting to come into color guard. And it was just so weird, the kind of dynamic that was flipping and coming through. So our band director, Greg Bim, had decided to drop us down back to open class because our leader had left. We had still no one in that spot to be our director at that point. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. That's yeah. probably a big part of it, too, like not having a director, like, of course, it's going to get divisive. Exactly. So we had dropped down from World. Us as seniors, we were very like shaken about that. We were very like, are we not good enough to perform at a world class level as seniors? Like that's how we took it in at that point. But looking back at it now, like, like I see what actually really went into it. It wasn't just about like us at a performance level. It was like what was actually going on behind closed doors. But, um, like when you're a senior and you like built it like on your backs with your staff, like, it's like oh damn, it's gonna take a hit. Exactly. Yeah, you'll feel the hit. Exactly. Felt it's it hard, and it's hard for like, for when things like on our end as educators go go wrong, and the kids always take it as it's their fault, it's on them, it was their ability. It's, it, and like, probably nine out of ten times, it's not because they're bad, you know. Exactly. And it's so, like as a 18, 17 year old, your mentality is like not ready yet to be like, oh, it's like to understand like oh, this is an adult thing that I have no control over, you know? Yes, girl, yes, exactly. So you take it so personally. Like, mm -hmm. like we thought it as, like, our color guard director is leaving us because he doesn't like us anymore. Like, he doesn't like our mentality. He doesn't like we're that we're not driven anymore. He's leaving us to go work with other people that are driven, that do want to be great like we suck like what the fuck like you're leaving us like cool like we're just gonna be down in the drenches here like that's how we yeah. felt at that time and the girls who stayed we were just like we got to keep close like we got to keep this together and we got to do this like no matter what and make this like the best season however we can and still make this work however we want it to work basically um, we still had like a great, amazing season, but I definitely do think that my senior year definitely did put a little bit of a halt on me um, going after marching for DCI right away. Definitely oh. for sure. I wanted to take a season off right after all of that, just because I just felt like so much had happened from my freshman to senior year that I just wanted a little bit of a break. Just from everything that happened, I just felt like there was so much that I had given into the activity, but like there was a lot of things externally that were happening with like 
the members of the color guard that it was just so much that I just felt like one summer off won't do me much if I just take one summer off just to like get my bearings together. I'm going to college. Let me just sit this one out. And also, <clears throat> I still wasn't really 100% sure as to if indoor or outdoor was my main thing of what I wanted to do. So I wanted to like make sure that like whichever one I was going to invest in was like going to be like my main squeeze, even though I had kind of already knew at that point which one was going to be like my full investment. I just like wanted to 100% make sure. But definitely after a couple of times seeing Katie Hopkins that summer and definitely going to like the Rockford shows and just seeing 12.25, I knew where I belonged and I knew that outside was my thing. So that in 2013, for 2013, I wanted to go out in March. So I went to November camp. <laughs> I went to November camp at the cadets. November camp went great, went stellar, loved it. I tried out as a flag and a rifle. It's actually my first time spinning a 39 ever was at that November camp. Yeah, never have I ever. But that time- Wait, was, so you spun 36s in high school? Yeah, 36s. And I brought my 36 to November camp and Katie Hopkins actually took it away from me and made me grab a 39. Wait, did Katie teach you in high school? Yeah, she did. Oh, okay. Yeah, so Katie, she came my freshman year and she taught all the dance for like the Fallen show. And like, she was there like all four years except for like my senior year. And then when I was like wanting to be in drum corps, like she had always known that I wanted to be a cadet. Um, Cause I had told her when I was like a freshman or sophomore, like one of the coaches had told her that like, that was like my dream was to be a cadet. And like, she had gotten like really emotional, like at practice, like when they had told her that I wanted to be a cadet. And since then, like, that was, like, the one thing that, like, locked us together was that, like, that was always, like, my thing was, like, I want to be a cadet, like, when I, like, I'm done with high school. And then, like, me, no, when I went to November camp the first time, I was waiting at the airport, and I ran into her at the airport. Like, we were on the same flight to Allentown. And like, she was with me to go get my, my bags. And then she saw that I had like my flag bag, like with my saber, like with my, um, with my rifle. And then like the whole step of the way was just like with me by my side, just like checking in on me, making sure that I was okay. And then when it came to like that last little like rifle audition, like I remember like they cut that little rifle audition so short, like for November camp, like all we were doing was tossing sixes. And I was just like, I'm so nervous to toss this 39 for like the first time ever. Like I've never done this. And like, I was just like chucking it in the air, like hoping that it was just going to come down directly in front of me and like not anywhere near anyone else. Like, cause I did not want to look like an idiot, but it was thankfully. It was actually back in April coming around for April camp. That's when Things did not go my way in 2013. I do not know what happened. I just was not maintaining choreography as fast as I was in November camp. I think I was just a little bit too nervous because then you had 
your well-known cadets um, show up at April camp, of course, and, you know, the pressure was on. And even not, not only was that there, just like well-known other people, like just from like Trumbull or you had Flanagan people show up and like just all these like well-known people. And I, I was just like, oh my God, here I am. <laughs> I remember, um, I think it was Shannon. So Shannon had posted like in the, in, in the color guard. Hi, like, it's so nice to meet everyone. Like I'm Shannon, I'm from Flanagan. And like, not saying that she talks like that, <laughs> but like, <laughs> I was like, oh my God, she's trying out. And I knew exactly who she was because she's, she's, she's a like the soloist for God. years. Exactly. Yeah. Like she like has her leg like all the way up to here, like with all of her equipment. Like, of course I know who the fuck you are. And like, and like she was going to be at April camp. And like, I was just like, oh, like I was already like wrapped up in my head from the get-go and so like here I am coming into like April camp like I'm already wrapped up in my head I'm already nervous I had like been talking to like Sarah Stinchcomb Allison Klubeck like I had already been talking to them and like they were like kind of psyching me out like not like intentionally but they were like we're gonna be fine like we're gonna be fine like don't stress but it wasn't helping me in any way because it was just like making me more stressed I just like freaked out and put too much on my plate at once like I decided to like try out on everything when I shouldn't have done that at all I should I should have just like stayed to one dish and just like made sure that that was perfect and like it also didn't help that like when we were doing the flag piece audition which like is what I was hoping to like blow them out of the water my first year it wasn't helpful that like they were like we're gonna do this in the theater Oh, that's right. We did it on stage. Exactly. So they're like, okay, so Krista, can you please get into a group with Shelby, Lucas, Lainey? And I was like, (laughs) girl, you are already a world-class saver by this point. (laughs) No, but for real, that would have scared me. Right? And like, I was one of the first two groups to go. And I was like, you couldn't have put another group in front of me just so I could have reviewed the flag work on the side? And it, it was this, it was like, it was Saturday. It wasn't even Sunday to when they were making the final decisions. It was Saturday. So it was like, come on, you're like, you're already trying to make me fuck up for real. <laughs> like, I'm not ready. I was just not ready. I was not ready. I was not ready at all for this audition. The choreography literally just like, it like left my brain. Like I had it set up right, but all of a sudden when we just started spinning, it just like, I just go blank and I'm just like, how, how did I just like forget that? How did I forget that work? I love Eric's twirls. His twirls are amazing. What was the flag work to? Was it to show uh, music? Was it, I will wait. Uh, what, what year was that? I think that was a November camp. Usually in April camp, I think they do show, show music. Yeah, maybe it was that. Maybe it was the opening hit. No, it wasn't the opening hit. Me? I don't know what it was. I don't, that whole audition was a blur, but I remember like Jen and Steve, I remember rooting for you, like rooting for you so hardcore. And then um, that stage with the rest of it. I, I, I don't just remember. remember like Lainey doing a handstand on that stage and like almost yes. like, and dying. And then like Brooke like coming out and like saving her, yeah, but then Brooke. like laughing because she's like, I wasn't gonna die. And then everyone's like, yeah, you were. <laughs> <laughs> 
I, I'm surprised I went back. Yeah. But 2014 was lit. Yeah. 2014 was also, such a good summer. Honestly, you marched the best summer out of the three I marched. Out of thir- 13 and 15, you really didn't miss out on much. <laughs> I go back to that year so many times thinking that if I could go, if I could go back to any point in time, just to like relive some moments, I would go back to that summer. Yeah, like in 2014, we were like pushed up against the wall with like, I can't believe we're doing this and I hate everything about this. So I'm gonna just find what I like. And that was like Montana, that was Andres, that was Jen, that was Steve. Um, And it really was just like having like good people around me like to like get through that year. All the things that we did for each other to like cope and make it through and just have a good time. Like that hard work blossomed in, in 2014 because like, I don't know, 2013 there was so much contested areas because there was like no vets coming back like most of that team was new and then we all like remembered the struggle when we went into 2014 and thankfully like all of the people that I would have cut for you like didn't go back to 14 um and then we all were just like I feel like there were so many good vets and so many like good team members that like the whole summer was just like so much fun summer was was a dream it really really was. was like I think that was like the the hardest thing for me to go through was definitely getting told no and also not like not even getting an alternate spot. Katie was even shocked, you know, she was like I can like reach out to other drum corps like you we have to like do something like you have to keep active like I was just so shocked that I like I just fucked up so badly like how could I have done this like this is this was my dream I was just so shocked and then I got a call about filling a hole at Boston and I went out to do that for a while I had some family complications back at home um, was not able to like fully fulfill that but as time went on, I did end up coming back to the cadets, and I did end up getting an actual spot on that field as a permanent flag Gina for the team. And I had the best summer of my life with you guys. Legit, 2014. I wish we can go back all the time. I think about it too, because it's like, I don't know. I, I think back of everywhere else I've marched, even the other years I marched at cadets, it was like, it was nothing was ever as special or... I don't know, the bond and the chemistry we had as an entire color guard was just insane. I've never felt that with a group of 40 people, 40 goddamn people. And the staff, like we like got together, like, yeah, I I think it helped too that Lauren Heller was on staff uh, and she like remembered, like I'm telling you, we all had this collective consciousness of how terrible 2013 was and much love to like the people involved. If you know, you know, like, you know, there's some of y'all will never get that love. The ones that did come back and stick it through, like just collective knowledge, like we're never going to let it get that bad again. I don't know, 2014 was a dream. Those uniform, the three uniform changes I could live without. <laughs> but I have no other critiques or complaints. Well, actually the whole America show. But, you know, still it was, we had a fun time doing it. <laughs> when, like at April camp, when Hop revealed that that was our show, I was like. Like we've been catfished. Like, okay. We got catfished multiple times at the cadets because, like, in 2012, and that, that should have tipped me off to know that we were going to do more America-themed shows because we were going to do, like, a World War II show in 2012, and that, like, has so much dynamics. Like, you know, there's so much that you could pick for 2012. I thought it was, like, going to be such a cool story, uh, and then we ended up doing Christmas, which was also, like, a lot of fun, but, like, I went in thinking, like, we're about to do a Pearl Harbor, World War II, like, blood and guts and all this, and then Christmas listening to carol the bells for six minutes like you know (laughs) um so guys 
And then I, the want, I wanted to like, watch that show so bad. I did too, honestly. Like that was I fun. The costuming, not gonna lie, Lainey's mm-hmm. costume was my favorite. <laughs> not gonna lie. I had the green and blue. Anyways, 2014 was the jam. Did you get to march again after that? No, because I hurt my hip. So in the middle, it was like Texas time. We were running through a big chunk of the second song. And all of a sudden, like I felt something in my hip and I just thought that I, I just thought that it was just like something weird, like thought it would go away by the end of the day. Like I didn't really think anything of it. And like the trainer was just like, oh, you probably just did something weird. Like she also didn't think like really anything of it. When you get hurt during drum corps, you're just like really like whatever, like whatever. So like performed on it, kept going, still noticed that like it was hurting for a while but I still kept going it wasn't until like uh, I want to say like two to three weeks after like Texas like I just like I couldn't bear it anymore and it was like getting to the point where it was like throbbing shooting pain into my hip where like I couldn't even like walk on it anymore and I told Eric like what was going on with it and like he was just like well, we, we got to do something about this because I guess someone in 2013 had like a really bad hip problem, but decided not to tell anyone until like finals night. She, we, we had a hole on like finals day. It was semifinals day. She like hurt Oka, her hip. Yeah, Michaela. Yeah, Michaela. She hurt her hip and then didn't perform in finals. She performed every show, just not finals. You'll see there's this part, like a little block of six flags and there's a hole there's it's like one two one two one and then it's a blank in the back and hannah had to push her prop oh my god it was a mess so they took me to like go to like an urgent care urgent care really didn't do anything he didn't do an x-ray he just like saw it from the outside which is like great glad that you did that (laughs) He said it was like a case of bursitis, which is just like inflammatory um, stuff that was happening within my hip. But when Ryan Santos's dad would like come and see us, you know how he would like do all that. The like, best part. Exactly. The best part. I had him like look at it and he said that like my hips were literally like off balance. And I was like, okay, that's great. So that's awesome. I love that my hips are looking like that. So it came to the point where I was sitting out of all day rehearsals and Allison was learning my part after she had gotten her cast off. So she was learning all of my drill and I was just sitting in the back sideline, like literally just like teaching her just to make sure if anything happened, because we were so close to coming up to like DCI finals that like, when I would perform at nighttime, like, if I just, like, injured myself any further, the, like, Allison can come step in and take my spot at any given moment because I was just performing at night and not practicing in the morning because I just, like, could not do anything anymore on my hip, like, no longer. Like, it was just, I was at that point where I was in so much pain where I was waking up in the morning, I was going right away to the athletic trainers I was heating up my hip straight away for like an hour in the morning then I was already like sitting on the ground like just watching even walking from like the food truck line to like back to where we were sleeping like I was already in so much pain all the time like 
they like took me to go see a doctor to like for pain pills like I was taking Vicodin before like we would go on to perform like it was just like how Sarah and her foot injuries were like from 2013 like that was literally like me 2014 and like I couldn't even keep up with you guys like in our lines of two because of how much pain I was in like Sarah had behind with me to be my two and like we would just like catch up with you guys like it was just unbearable and I remember there was this one Alec even like told me that I need to do this like right now and it was I think it was right before semis like I I knew I should have gotten up to at least like do my warm-up but Eric told me to sit down and like to not do anything and this was I wasn't even doing warm-ups at this time like no one even wanted me to do warm-ups um, but I knew I should have gotten up to like do this warm up because we had made a change in like our last flag work. And Alex was like, you need to get up and do this. And like, you need to do it now. And then I was like, okay, like, yes, yes, I'll, I'll get up and do this now. And like, I was doing it and I messed it up real bad in warm up. And he comes right up to me and he was like, you see, what if we were on the field and you had just done that like that on the field? It's like, that's why you, you do that in warm up. And I was like, <laughs> yes yes I know I know I know sir I know even when I was hurt like I would still try to like make fun of like me being hurt like still lighten the mood like yes like I'm in a lot of pain but like oh well like still have to keep pushing just because it was so close to the end there's nothing else that I can do about it I still wanted to keep performing I still wanted to keep doing this when you're struggling and you have like like you know being told no at the cadets the first time or like dealing with your hip issue or even like just like all those other feelings you felt in high school with like the whole like arc of that journey like what are like some coping mechanisms for you when like it's like I'm about to be overwhelmed honestly even right now like I I still teach color guard I still teach it at Marion so that to me like with all this like craziness right now with like even um with like me feeling overwhelmed from like my mental health uh role like at uh the children's hospital or just like my own mental health or just like me needing like to find an escape like just me feeling like going to go teach like my kiddos like back at Marion like I honestly feel like that's like a little coping mechanism for me I just feel like color guard it's like in its own world and like I just I still feel like a lot of people are still not well versed in knowing what color guard is and it's like it's still like this foreign activity to people flag dancing Yes. It, like that dress. Like, that was a like commercial. It was like a Marriott commercial that they called it flag dancing. I was like, really? You couldn't find anyone on your team that knew what this activity was. Not one of them. Exactly. Like, and it's just like, ah, uh, and like, ah, uh, even some of the kids that like at the hospital, so we'll like have introductions and they'll be like, oh, like what's an activity you like to do? And I'll be like, oh, I like to do color guard. And like, I'll have to explain it to them. And then they'll be like, oh, I still have no idea what that is. And I'm like, do you guys know, like on the football field, like when you see the marching band, how like you'll see the girls with the flags and they're like, yeah. And I'm like, that's color guard. <laughs> And it's just like, oh, it, but it's so hard to explain, like, the competitive aspect of it. And it's like, how... We need our own cheer documentary. No. Our, there's already versions of that with, like, SCD Backstage and Onyx. And um, there's 
Tracy Wooten in Texas. I don't remember. It's uh, not inspired. They're, they're world class. Invictus. Invictus did a thing like Relentless puts out. You know, there's all that's they, out there. But they it, just like, need a bigger platform. And well, literally anybody, anybody. Network out there. Yeah, anyone that will listen. <laughs> <laughs> Any listeners out there? <laughs> um, but yeah, that's like my escape. I feel like it's so important, especially at Marion, just because like the way that we were taught is like we we were taught with like just this like main tradition of like the Marian Catholic way and like Mr. Bim instills like pride in us and like not like pride pride but like he he has a saying of pride and it's like personal responsibility in everyday effort or in every daily effort yeah in daily effort sorry thank you I like that personal responsibility in daily effort yes and like he, he instilled that in us, like, right when we were freshmen, and, like, it gets instilled in you, and, like, with whatever you do, so, like, if you're not 10 minutes, like, early to rehearsal, like, you're already late, like, you cannot just be, like, showing up, like, as rehearsal is starting, like, if it starts at four, like, and you're showing up at four, like, you're late, like, you, you should have been there at 345, like, what are you doing, like, you know, like, there are things that were instilled in us, and, like, the way that like we set up a technique block and like the way that we do this or the way that like you sit the way that you like sit at, at a competition the way that you say hello to like your competition like there's just like certain things that were instilled that like that's why alumni or that's why other people come back to teach at Marion and like that's why I felt so compelled to come back was because I wasn't done with Marion just yet you know and especially with just how my senior year ended like I didn't want that to be like my final goodbye with Marion I wanted to like keep it going so I came back um, when I was asked to come back two years ago to come back and teach and I just wanted to give them everything that I was given just the way that I was taught just because so many people have come to teach at Marion that I felt like kind of drove off of the Marion way just a little bit just because like if you weren't from Marion you obviously just don't know how we were taught or like you weren't instilled with what Mr. Bim had like given us so it's like really hard to like pick up that kind of instillment and like that kind of linguistic exactly it's like hard to like bring that to the table it's hard to bring that to the kids and it's hard to like serve that to the kids but when we had gotten Kate the head director now um when she came as full-time director on there she had asked me to come back and teach there and I was more than happy to do that but she was a full-time student at Marion like during her high school years and you know she understands the Marion way so she brought back some people that were also Marion students and when you bring back people that are Marion like they actually can bring back the Marion way and so we all like work so well together because we see this like Marion vision that we want to instill back into the color guard just because you know old practice ways of like how we used to do things like they were instilled that way because it made us so good in that way like we didn't accidentally like get to world just because you know like just because one day we were like oh we're gonna set up the block this way just because we want to do it this way or like we're gonna do 50 
sixes just because we want to do it today. Like, no, there was a reason that like Lionel Moore made us do this this way. So like, we're still going to like teach the kids as to why someone made us do it and practice it so many times. Like we're still going to instill that in you as to why we did that. And that's why we keep on coming back to it this way now. And I feel like when I do that with those kids now, I just get lost in this little world of like spins and twirls. And like, that is what helps me like kind of release everything of like everything that I'm thinking of, of like my day-to-day life, what's going on with the whole politics in the world, what's going on with literally my own mental health, what's going on with literally anything, like that all dissipates as soon as my hand touches a flag or it touches a rifle or a saber, like that all leaves. And I am just thinking about what is up on eight, like what am I doing with my hands? Like that all leaves me. And like, nothing is like more calmer to me than like actually escaping in the color guard world. That's like cool, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, especially this quarantine, I wasn't spinning really much at all for like about a month. And then a friend hits me up and we now spin like once a week with each other, um, usually on Thursdays. And like, like, there's always something else I could be doing. I could be tackling work or uh, especially because like Friday, Saturday, Sundays are always so busy this quarantine season that uh, like, Thursday, I could be doing something else, but it's the day he can spin and I want to spin with him. And it's just like so good to drop everything and do it for like an hour and a half or two hours. Um, Because, you know, the work will always be there when I come back. Um, But like, yeah, it's just been so good to like literally forget about everything. And then once you get back, you know, you're energized and you can hit it up again, um, you know, after you shower all the musk off and clean, clean your face and, you know, get back get back ready for a Zoom call again. Um, God, it's been nice, especially now because like, I, you know, I used to spend so much time commuting um, between things that I would have like at least some rest time during my commute to read my book or finish adding notes to something or whatever. But now like one thing can immediately lead, lead to the next thing where like the work is always just like, as soon as I open up my computer or check my tabs on my phone, it's always there. So like, I definitely need it more now because there's less people interaction and more work, more work than ever. Even like in the beginning of like quarantine, like we were having Zoom sessions with our kids and like we were still making that available as like a way to spin with everyone. And it was hard at first, like being able to like provide feedback for like over like virtual, like, okay, so this is what your hand is doing wrong like come closer to the screen so I can actually see what you're doing. We can't all count together because it's the sound is not gonna be the same, like, you know, so it's like really weird. But once we like found a way to make it all work with like video assignments being like able to go back in and out and all that good stuff, like it made sense. But then again, we are we're back to like in person in a way and we are like we're able to like stay at a six foot distance and like create blocks that are still safe uh, for the kids to be at a six foot distance but it's just like these kids were so determined like when everything was still like on a lockdown and shut down to still keep on learning and to still keep on wanting to be in color guard and to just like 
wanting to like find out what else they can do with like their pieces of equipment that like a shutdown like still did not phase them like they still were getting up going to their backyard getting their pieces of equipment and just finding a way to like how can I do this drop spin? Or how am I going to be able to spin my rifle upside down? How am I going to be able to catch this blade? Like they were still finding ways to make that happen, even though like we still weren't being able to meet like on a person to person basis. And if we weren't there in front of them, like they were like, okay, like I'm going to record myself and then I'm going to send it to them because this feedback is still important for me. Whether or not we are going to have a season this year, like, I still want to get better because even though we will have, like, this season, like, there's always next year. Like, there's always next POA. There's always next WGI. Like, even though people don't know the unknown right now, like, at least we can always shoot to still get better. And I think that's, like, the most inspiring thing that I see from these kids is that like they want to still keep going for it even though like the situation isn't ideal right now and that's like okay so if you want to keep pushing at me like that just makes me want to even keep pushing more so like just having like the kids even on your tails is like inspiring enough yeah that's a good like insight to like how to working now too because i'm not teaching you know uh, well i'm teaching but it's different it's not like in the director where i'm sending choreography um but like a live zoom session i haven't have to, had to do so the school i work with in new jersey fairly fairly new there i just hopped in the beginning of this year for their winter program so i wrote their winter show they were doing really poorly last year and so I was like yeah sure I'll take it why not <laughs> I'm like can't go anywhere but up so <laughs> I was still so such a new face to them and I was only there for like three months once the season got cut so they barely got to know me and because it was in New Jersey I didn't go to all the rehearsals because I was like okay plant made out a deal where I was like okay I'm gonna come out to like 60 percent 70 percent of the rehearsals just because like crossing the G George W bridge i have to cross two bridges to get to that school which is like back and forth is like 30 bucks just and that's not even gas and so anyway trying to get them like motivated to want to do anything with so, like a stranger pretty much was like really hard like i had pedro come in one day because I, I wrote a like hip-hop piece for them i was like let me switch it up i was like this seems to be like popular because i am like quietly obsessed with tiktok i <laughs> i watch all these dances that these kids do and I was like I was like I wasn't gonna incorporate like all those crazy dumb TikTok dances but I was like you know I'll use a song that they'll recognize and this and that like I use savage I was like okay come on come on and it was the remix and so I wrote this whole hip-hop piece which is also out of my comfort zone so I was like let's just try it and I had Pedro come in just to like because he's taken like a plethora of hip-hop classes versus how many I've taken so I was like his insight's gonna help so he came into the class and like they were just like not about it I was like oh my god I was like okay um we'll just move on to our traditional ballet then uh, okay we're gonna do tondus and plies next week then since you guys had not a ounce of interest in this I was like okay I was like you really you really want like if they had given this to us in high school I would have eaten that up because I'm like I was like I'm trying here and 
it, it got better as just weeks went on and it, it was also very early in quarantine yeah and like i was getting excuses from kids that they were like we're in the middle of a pandemic i can't go outside i was like like bro you're i'm not asking you to go into a swarm of people i'm asking you to go into your front yard <laughs> like, yeah. i'm like <laughs> but you know it's like i get it there's i i'm sure those emotions were high exactly and mental stability was low so you know like i had to take back my like cadet mentality of being like just you just got to do it like just shut up yeah. and do it to be like okay i need to be a little more compassionate to my delicate little flowers i got so and and it's fine it's just the the uh, flavor of child that we teach now it's a little more delicate and it's fine it's just making me cater my teaching to be a little bit more yeah soft that is definitely one thing that i've had to like switch up in my teaching for sure and like that's universal like everybody has said that the kids ain't like how they used to be <laughs> they don't tolerate the bullshit yeah. like how they used to <laughs> I feel like um, dealing with a new breed now. Like, I feel like back when, like, we were marching, like, I don't know, like, I felt like I was, like, beaten up. Like, <laughs> like I was, like, black and blue all over, but I loved it in a way that, like, made me wanted to keep coming back. Like, I obviously kept coming back. Like, I loved it. When I came back from drum corps, like, I mean... First of all, like, I didn't know it was such a crazy thing for us to march cadets, but, like, apparently it was, and, like, everyone, like, thinking that it's such a crazy thing, like, I was just, like, like, you know, like, you know, but it was just, like, didn't think anything of it. You're, like, we just, it's just a thing, you know, just team. But definitely, like, coming back and, like, having that mentality of, like, okay, so just do it, like, I, like, didn't understand why people couldn't just do it you know that was like the hardest thing for me to like understand that like so like why can't you just do it yeah, and like, like what's, I, what's wrong with you or at least <laughs> make the attempt like yeah yes. i don't I, care if it's a hot mess just like pick it up and try just again try. just try, try. and even if it was like something scary like yeah, I'm like, it's funny because like kids will make the, all these excuses like, oh, I can't, I this, blah, blah, blah. I was like, you could have already tried it like eight times with all the excuses you just gave me. I'm like, and worst case, it's wrong the first time. It will probably be wrong the first time and the second and the 10th. And, and, and hopefully by the 15th, you'll take my critique and change something. You have no, unless like I, I can understand it being scary, but it's like things are going to be scary. Like just take the leap. Like if you don't try things that are scary or you don't go for things that are scary, you're just going to stay in the same box that you've always stayed in. And like we're learning so much about like how to like get people out of there, meet them halfway when they're there. Um, and I like what Krista said earlier about pride as personal responsibility and daily Effort. endeavors, efforts. <laughs> um, yeah, that like, I feel like that would, having like that culture would also help with some of those things. And yeah, because I think there's this learning. mentality of having to get it right the first time and like being afraid of making a mistake and being this perfectionism sort of mentality, like that needs to get broken. Not that it's bad to be perfect because, or like, strive for I this would perfection say it's bad to be perfect <laughs> or i to think like well i think that. i don't think it's bad to strive for, for 
perfection because you're never going to get there. You're never going to be perfect. So it, like, you're always going to have something to work towards, but it's like those little, little like changes. People think you have to make these big grand gestures to change something when it's those little baby efforts every single day. It's just like when you're, when you're doing anything, when you're training for a marathon, when you, you know, it's like, I'm not going to go outside and run 26 miles right now. It's like, you got to, all right, one mile. All right. Okay. One and a half. Okay. Two, you know, it's like, and you have to build kids don't understand that just yet. Or some, some programs don't cultivate that sort of idea of building and like little baby, baby steps is more, is better than no steps at all. Exactly. And it's, it's, it, it also gets me wondering, like, like when we were first just figuring things out, like there were already like big people in color guard, like back when we were first starting marching, like someone definitely that I used to look up to, like when I was in high school is Sally Ware, right off the bat, big Carmel girl, like Baptist every rifle in her hand like loved it every single moment but like when we were in high school like social media wasn't such a big thing like we didn't have instagram to like blow people's thunder up that much to where like i wouldn't be able to see sally like tossing like on a random tuesday night you know and like smacking the shit out of her rifle like on a random Tuesday and that didn't like intimidate me so much to where I would believe that like Sally would be perfect on like a 24-7 mentality so like I also feel like the like the people like Heather Graham and like um, Angie Mayhew like with social media blowing them right now because they are amazing spinners they have great hands they like their technique is flawless but when we see them spin, I feel like the kids now that are in color guard, they see them and they're like, that is like flawless, you know, that's, that's perfection. So like, it also makes me wonder, like, do kids think that they are just like that perfect all the time? But like, I, I just wonder that, like, I really do wonder if like the small little ones that are like looking up to these people, like, do they, do they really think like I have to be that perfect? And I wonder if that's where like the work mentality comes in is like, if they can't get it right on their first try is, do they want to give up? That makes me think about like my old practice rehearsal, like etiquette, like that wasn't the case for me. Like if I didn't get my first toss turnaround, like I keep going. I would keep doing it. And my, I, I still think even last winter, last winter, I spun a saber for the first time in six years on, on the floor. And Rich Kim, one day at rehearsal, everyone's, we're, we're at like, we had like a 10 minute break or something. And I, did, I didn't get water that whole time. He's like, you work too hard. I was like, is that a bad thing? I was like, I've never been told that in my life that I work too hard because I wanted it to be perfect. I wanted it to be right. It was a six. It was just a six on Sabre and had some body under it. But it was like this ensemble six that I didn't want to be the reason why people were like, Hugh. you know, like that, it wasn't going to be me because it just wasn't going to be me and so I would sit there rehearsal after rehearsal and like even even my teammates would be like you don't stop it's like I don't see see that like hunger and that that want as much anymore I was hungry to be so good just so hungry to be good that's what I'm talking like I was that's exactly how I was and like the way that I had looked up to Sally Ware was like pre-social media was like I want to be like that. Like, I want people to talk about me just like that. Like, I want people to know my name like that. Like, we're with- talking about her like 10 years later still. Still exactly. to this day. 
what I'm saying. Like people still talk about her. Like I will never forget like the the coffee shop show, and then where they're like the the saying where literally she's just like prancing across like half half the stage, and she was like, people used to tell me that I have such beautiful hands, and then she fucking smacks it like iconic like you're such a bad bitch like or the I 2011 love- show where it's like all the way down the the um the stools, the stools and it's just <laughs> like with her long ponytail like bitch bitch you're so i got good. chills just thinking about when i first that was oh my god like the first time like i really understood what was happening i feel like i don't know like 2009 2010 just like you it was just like this like cool 2010 was my first wgi like i was like you guys come from everywhere to do this and then 2011 i was like oh shit (laughs) i was like bitch i get it i get it it." see that's what that was me that was me like that's what i'm like it's just crazy between like what what it was before social media and like what it is now like after social media just like the work ethic like how you said Montana like how you were hungry for it like that's what I think now like I I see like between my kids that like are practicing at home and then like the kids that just practice at practice and it's just like like there is a difference we do not practice at rehearsal you rehearse at rehearsal, you practice at home. And like, we would distinctly have like, our schedules would say rehearsal and not practice. And like, they always say like rehearsal, like it never says practice. And so we still try to always like maintain that with them that like, so that they can know the difference. You still see from like time to time, like who is more driven to like actually wanting it more and who is not. And it's funny because it's, I, I just go back to like, the excuses I got from some Zoom classes, some some of the kids, but they were like, we know you want us to care about color guard. And I was like, yeah. I'm like, <laughs> I was like, kind of my job, you know, this is me teaching you like my, my love, you know, like, this is my passion. I was like, it doesn't have to be yours, but I just want you to give a shit a little bit, you know, just care just a little bit about like, it, it can be like a little sliver, the tiniest little, it's a crumb compared to how much I care, but it's like, just that's all I need a little crumb of your care I have a a couple of little things to add to like the perfectionism and like getting kids to like pull pull some effort out of them Um, and I think this has really like helped me like you know just take a little bit of a load off but it comes from this this reading that we've been doing for sunrise it talks about perfectionism and some of the like the, the negative traits that we know come with it and it says little appreciation expressed among people for the work that others are doing, appreciation that is expressed usually directed to those who get most of the credit anyways. So Sally Ware would be somebody that benefits from that because like, duh, she is the picture of perfection. And then it goes to say more common is to point out either how the person or work is inadequate. So when you're not, when you're not perfect um, or you make a mistake, it's more that you as the individual are inadequate and what you're doing is inadequate because you suck. And even more common is to talk about the inadequacies of the person and the work 
without ever talking directly to them. So, you know, that's the gossip, that's the drama that comes out of this perfectionist culture. And making a mistake is confused with being a mistake, doing wrong with being wrong. So that's stuff that we all already know. But the flip side of it, what they, they call the antidotes of perfectionism is where like, where we're all learning right now, which is so awesome. Like it's develop a culture of appreciation where the organization takes time to make sure that people's work and efforts are appreciated. Um, develop a learning organization where it is expected that everyone will make mistakes and those mistakes offer opportunities for learning. Um, and I think we like, we, we, we learned about that a little bit too, but um, I don't think it's ever directly pointed as like the antidote for perfectionism. You don't, you don't think about that, you know, like you don't think that there's like an antidote to being perfect, you know, because perfect seems to be this thing that you want to be, but it's really not. And it seems like the way that all three of us were like taught from like our high school and then all three of us when we went to cadets, like there really wasn't an antidote back then. Like It was just deliver. It was, was it it was was literally like, give us a perfect product. And that's what we strive to do every single time. And we knew when we were there too, that it was like, damn, it would just be good to get like a good job today. (laughs) It would be good to just be like, oh, you, you, you improved from when I first saw you. Cause it was like literally two and a half years before I got a compliment. And that's like way too long to be getting taught and to like, just be giving critique, like, you know, I'm not like a soft person. I, I mean, I, I'm a soft person, but like, I'm not like, you know, I show up and yeah. we, we all worked hard and it would have been nice from anybody that we looked up to just to have been like, take a job today instead yeah. of just like leading with the critique and never like providing any, or you got to do the positive sandwich. The positive sandwich is that's always, what it talks about here too. yeah, it's, it's the, like, you did a great job fix this, but keep up the good work. You know, it's yeah. like, and, and you're like, okay, you're like, wow, that, that was great. And yeah. I think about how I, I think it's funny because I used to write on Facebook whenever any of the staff would compliment me because it was like this. It was like on this day at this time. Literally, I because you would hello. never hear it. And it's like, you, it's so funny when in the moment, because like, you're like, oh my God, I got a compliment for the first time. It's it's August 1st and I've been here since May 15th, the first time all summer that I did something good. I'm like, really? I was like, I've been putting all this hard work in to not get any love, love back. And I think it totally translates to how I taught right after marching cadets, because you realize that you, you're just laser focused on everyone doing everything right. Instead of one, figuring out the reason why people aren't doing things right other than maybe like a hand grab it might be something them like just as a person like maybe they're just having a bad day maybe they just broke up with their boyfriend or like maybe they failed the test today like there's an outside life to the people that we teach and we gotta like sometimes I gotta be like Rachel like we we literally teach human beings we're not teaching robots you know but, you know, I think I've, I really did well with like, okay, this is exactly what they need for me. I'm going to work for that so hard. And I don't know why, like we were able to, we just bitched about like how we never got a compliment, but still we bought in so hard. Like we're going to do this. Like, and my friends are going to help me we get We chugged there. the Kool-Aid. Chugged the Kool-Aid. <laughs> we didn't just sip like, that Kool-Aid. <laughs> when we were like setting up this whole, like, okay, let's, let's do an interview. Like for us, like meeting today, like I made that whole little comment, like, oh yeah, we can also like talk about how we were so close to like getting first place uh, for best color guard. Like 
why am I still bringing that up like years later? Like, why can I not still be happy for like the great season? That the we whole have? amazing season. Yeah. Well, it's funny because I'll always think that too. Like, we, we almost. We almost got best color guard. Yeah. Right. Like, Krista, you got a medal. Move on. <laughs> oh, like you know like why can't I be happy because like it was not instilled in me that way to be happy with the final product because what was instilled to me was to be number one yep. and the fact that I was not number one in like two areas in best color guard or best drum court like it was not good enough <laughs> like we were second and third so like <laughs> that's not good enough that's trash like I can throw it away like that metal in that plaque right there that's trash that could actually just like go down like Sorry, but like no. down the garbage disposal. I should have just flushed money down the toilet. Exactly. But it's like, no, bitch, like that's amazing. Like not a lot of people can say that they did that in, in DCI. Like, what are you talking about? Like a ton of people would be so thankful to be able to say that. And like here I am, like saying like that's not good enough. Like, you know, like that's crazy talk. Like we're, it's so instilled in us it's, yes, it's crazy and it took me like probably until like this year to be able to like frame my mind work on how I work with like my teenagers being able to talk to them because I used to like look for perfection like I used to look at my kids like oh she's doing it right because nine times out of ten she's catching she's catching at the right position she's always flat blah 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 she looks great but now I'm actually able to like stop myself from like getting overheated when someone isn't doing it correctly or perfectly. And I'm actually able to look at other kids that are in a block and point out someone that isn't correct and be like, hey, like this actually isn't the correct way that you're doing this. Maybe let's actually try doing it this way and see how this is working for you. And let's figure out why this isn't the correct way for you. And like- Yes. With and someone like, on one. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And like then I'm actually able to like create like an actual positive like engagement field with them. And like maybe when I was back in high school, I didn't have such a positive engagement field because I felt like everything was getting yelled at me from a press box. And it was so like not personal because like everyone was hearing my business and it made me feel very uncomfortable. Okay, so Montana knows this, and, like, it started with me and Jen, but, like, there was a, a point in time, at very early at the cadets, and I never left, um, where, like, all of the staff would just come at me, like, not even waiting for, like, the other person to finish comments, and I literally would just stand there and just, like, stare into the void and just, like, blink, and, like, then I would, like, do this thing, and like, I would, like, start looking around, like, yep, there's too around. many voices talking at me just to be talking to me right now, like, and like literally start like it, it developed into like a twitch where I was just like and then when one of or both of us or one of us would get called out for something stupid we'd look at each other and be like and we would just blink at each other because like we couldn't wear, so we couldn't wear sunglasses joke. we weren't allowed to wear sunglasses until 2015 Never. right so I didn't even wear them in 2015 because I was like I'm gonna get a shard of glass in my eye no thanks yeah, that's a safety hazard <laughs> no but like we, I just remember at one point we would just like look at each other and be like. It was the best inside, jo inside joke because like at that moment I could have been either so like retaliat retaliatory because it was it was utter bullshit like how always. how always. hard they would lean in, but then we just like had a moment to look at each other and be like. <laughs> 
You see this bullshit? Okay, you see it. I'm not crazy. It was the closest thing we could do to rolling our eyes. Like, the closest thing. And then it developed into actually, like, flicking each other off. But (laughs) that's a whole other story. But yeah, I'm glad I was able to, like, plug in a little bit of that for this conversation. Yeah, it's all all good stuff. I want to get into quick fire Mm. questions. So (laughs) these are not color guard related questions. And just, like, give us what, like, what's your gut reaction or, like, you know. The first thing that comes to mind. So, do you drink coffee? And if you do, how do you take it? It's personal. Oh, I'm just kidding. Uh, I do drink <laughs> coffee. I like an iced coffee. Okay. Um. Yes, and I take it with almond milk. And <laughs> dairy is scary. I see. Yeah, dairy is scary. Dairy is very scary. <laughs> uh, I take it with almond milk, and I do take it with a little bit of sugar, but like okay. natural cane sugar. Okay. Okay. <laughs> If you could have lunch with anyone dead or alive, who would it be and why? Oh, first, 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 person, first person that comes to Well, it was Mac Miller. Like, the first person that came, like, to my head was Mac Miller um, really quickly. I, like, really want to know, like, in depth how it was growing up, like, as, like, the kid, like, in Philly, like, having, like, a party on Fifth Avenue, like, I want to know about, like, his creative, like, outlook, like, on writing that album, and also, like, growing up and getting famous, but I also, like, am really interested on knowing, like, the tea with him and Ariana, like. Um, okay, what's your, what's your most prized possession that is not Color Guard related? Um, my most prized possession. Um, it would probably have to be, um, my necklace that I got in Thailand, um, when I was backpacking through there. Probably that. I I don't have it on me now, but it's on my dresser, because I went running this morning, but it has, you know, the all-seeing hand, (laughs) um, for some protection. Um, I usually wear it every day, but it's, yeah, my most prized possession. I love that. This last one. What is your perfect slice of pizza? Oh, my perfect slice? Mm-hmm. Perfect and you got to say style. You got to say topping because we we got, we got have two different types of pizza. Okay. 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 So, yes, I am from Chicago. And, like, yeah, I could say, like, I love a Chicago deep dish pizza. Yeah, I could say that. I could. I could, but I don't want to. Okay? I don't want to say that. So, sue me. I don't want to say that a deep dish is my favorite because it is. It's good, but it's not my favorite. All right. I don't want to say thin crust because I don't like a thin crust. You know, I just like a regular crust, but kind of like stuffed crust. Okay. I I change it. I want stuffed crust. I want a stuffed crust pizza. All right. So hit me with a stuffed crust. I want a regular marinara base. Okay. Hit me with the regular cheese on top. That's cool. Regular cheese is cool. Uh, I want some pepperoni on it, but, and I know I'm going to get some shit for this from some people. (laughs) I want pineapple on it. I want pineapple. And I know people have problems with that, but like, I don't understand why. Like, do you not have taste buds? Like you get your spicy and your sweet. Like I think too, that I'm like, if you don't like it, more for me. <laughs> exactly. Like, I just, like, don't understand, like, how you, like, don't like something that's sweet and spicy and that, like, tastes delicious, like, in your mouth. So, like, like, that is just, like, really, like. I do have one more quick fire. Um, what are you curious about right now? What am I curious about? Like, in my brain? Sure. <laughs> oh, um. <laughs> it could be, like, just outside of color and outside of work. 
What am I curious about? People are just like, no, it's just color guard all the time sometimes. <laughs> no, I mean, it's not color guard. So color guard is like actually not on my mind right now. Honestly, like when, when am I going to be able to like travel outside of the U.S.? Because like, that's, that's honestly something that's very, it's on my mind because I would like to like go on vacation, but that's not in the U.S. Because I would, you know, not rather see, like, be in a hot spot. Like, you can't really vacation right now because everywhere is, like, a hot spot. And it's just, like, okay, but I'm, like, living in flatland land. Like, I live in the Midwest. So, it's, like, it sucks out here. But it's, like, okay, it's but it's better than, like, being in, like, Texas right now, Krista. Like, it's also better. See, in Oregon, everybody knows to put on their mask. Like, it's, when you guys were talking about that earlier, I was, like, oh, yeah, I forgot people are literally suicidal Stupid. um but like yeah here like everybody's got it on like every you know i most feel like people, people in oregon just care more about uh, a lot uh, of things the, not too much more like i'll give them but about just enough four percent yeah but yeah. like that that's more than the negative 15 percent here in florida you're right, you're right. <laughs> oh yeah and the baseline is like connecticut yeah no connecticut's doing pretty okay yeah no connecticut's doing real well yeah, but you know, Oregon does care just a little more, like enough to keep showing up, or at least Portland enough to keep showing up day after day for racial justice in the sense that uh, they be fighting the cops in these streets. <laughs> yeah, so I guess I guess you're right. They they care. I've been having like an, another Thailand itch again, so I've been wanting to go back. And you know, their exposure rates are very low right now because they are a country that does believe in essential diseases and always have worn masks around their faces. So there's- yeah, I, don't think I'm, I don't think I'm ever taking that off. It's just- Yeah, nice. no, I think that it is gonna be and like- And again, it's part of the attire now. Exactly, it's part of the attire. Like, it's just an everyday thing now. Like, it, it's just gonna have to be a thing. Like, it's everyone so wear the masks, please. We could live like this forever. It's mask on me. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> At our next reunion, we're just masks on. Uh, it might happen to anything. I don't know. Uh, I just got a big curveball this week. Who knows when I'm traveling? Um, but yeah, Krista, thank you so yes. much. This is everything and more. Uh, yes. It's so much fun, you guys. I yeah. love moment of this so yeah we, we appreciate you taking the time to hang out and just be on the show all right thank you so much krista all right my loves i love you bye. guys too love you guys love you. stay safe enjoy bye. your work i hope you enjoyed that as much as we enjoyed putting it together for you all krista is just nothing but fun she's such a joy oh, what a gem Next week, we have our first non-Color Guard person on here, which is super exciting. We got to get a little bit of a taste of something different. That's yeah, some of the visual nerds. This is for y'all. You know, everybody knows the, uh, the Vish techs are like uh, the Color Guard cousins, you know? Yeah, yeah. So our worlds are going to be meeting next week with this interview. Um, we'll, we'll keep it under wraps who it is. You just got to tune in next week, okay? Mm -hmm. On that note, let's make sure to follow us on social media. We have Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, all at SciTyB5. That's S-Y-T-Y-B-5. Also, if you're listening to this on Apple Podcasts, make sure to rate and review. 
Pedro has a request as to what he wants you to leave in the yeah. review box. If you don't know what to write on the review, tell us about a time you travel to a show to watch your friends or a group that you love. Anyway, side time B5. Yow. Yow. Yow.